Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Well, it is Christmas Day, and it was on this day some 2,000 years ago that silence was shattered in the fields just outside of the little tiny town of Bethlehem. And these ordinary, uh, nameless people, they encountered one of the most extraordinary events that happened since the very, very beginning of time. You see, joyful noise filled the air and God himself became human, just like you, just like me. So you might feel insignificant and, and you might feel invisible, but I want you to know the Lord God sees you and God knows your name. Well, in today's message, I'd like for you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter number 2, and we're going to start with verse 8 and go through verse 14 in just a minute, so please find that. The, uh, the location is on the screen right in front of you, but while you're finding your place in the Bible, I do want to encourage you to join us in person on January 1st. I want you to come and be my guest here at City Life Church. I'm going to be sharing a very special message entitled Your Word for 2023, and we will also have a great time of New Year's Day communion, starting off the year right, January 1st at 10 a.m. here at City Life Church. But today... It's Christmas, and I'm delighted that you chose to spend this time with me on our City Life Christmas special. And we're going to just be spending a few minutes, and I'm going to talk about how you and I fit into this Christmas story. So I have a brief message today, and it's entitled, Silence Shattered. You see, for years, as I served as a children's pastor, one of my main duties was to organize and to execute these Christmas productions led by children. See, I was on staff at a large church in southern Dallas County, and and for Christmas, I had to direct four, yes, four children's productions each December. Uh, There was an elementary and a preschool production for the church, and there was an elementary and a preschool production for the school that, that met at our church, the Christian school. So I'll just tell you, Decembers for me, when I was a children's pastor, were crazy to say the least. I mean, I couldn't wait until Christmas Day showed up and I could exhale and just enjoy Christmas. Uh, but, but there was this one song that the children would sing and it was, it, it was kind of built into a lot of the Christmas productions. And it's the song Silent Night. Now, I'll tell you right up front, I love the song. I do. But I had a very difficult time getting children to perform it. You know, Silent Night, Holy Night, All is calm, all is bright, and then there would be this strange phenomenon where where the children would just like they all would start yawning during the song. And and you could barely hear the children singing above the track because their voices got silent and quiet and they wanted to sleep in heavenly peace. I mean, can you imagine a two hundred and fifty voice children's choir on the stage and half of the children are yawning and they're not singing? It just never came across right. And and some I, I tell you, some of the children would literally sit down with sleepy eyes and just kind of sit there through the song falling asleep. It was a children's natural reaction to the song Silent Night. So I 
as a children's pastor, would do everything possible to not perform Silent Night uh, with children on a platform. But I do love that song. And here in just a few minutes, right here at the end of my message, one of our City Life children is going to be singing that song in just a few moments. And I'm sure he won't yawn. And I'm quite sure he's not going to fall asleep. But why on earth do we picture the arrival of Jesus as a silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright? I mean, these these lyrics give us four descriptions of that night, silent, holy, calm, and bright. And, and it was certainly holy, and it was certainly bright, but in no way was it silent, and in no way was it calm. I mean, not a chance. So you see, the king who changes everything had arrived that night with noise and with fanfare. It was not a silent night, and it was not calm. Look at your Bibles with me in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Read along with me. I'm reading from the New International Version, and it says, And there, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone bright <laughs> around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. It was not quiet. And I love that story. I, I've always loved it. And since I was a child, this honestly has always been my favorite version of the Christmas story. Dad would read it in front of the Christmas tree before we were allowed to touch or open any of our gifts. We had to hear this Christmas story. And, and I loved it so much because I also memorized it. Now, I like to tell this story about what happened to me when I was a child in church. You see, there was a Christmas contest that the children's church was doing, and it was based upon Luke chapter number two. So when I was in sixth grade and I was living in a little town called Hastings, Nebraska, we had this contest where we were having to memorize as much of Luke chapter two as possible. And I knew the competition was going to be tough. And my main competitor was this girl named Tammy Tyson. Yeah. And she was smarter than me. She still might be smarter than me, but I wasn't about to let Tammy Tyson win. So <laughs> on the day the contest ended, I went to perform my part in front of the judges, and I had memorized 21 verses of Luke chapter 2, and that is from the King James Version. And I'd finished that, and to my great pleasure, later on I found out that Tammy Tyson had only memorized 20 verses compared to my 21, and I had won. And, and the 11-year-old the version of Tim Woody got to stand up in front of the congregation and quote this entire passage, all 21 verses, on the platform at our family Christmas communion service in a microphone. So I, I love I love that story. But the story is beautiful. I mean, it, you, you have these poor shepherds and you have an angel. You have this, this bright, 
glory. Uh, there's also terror. There's a message of joy, and there's a sign, and there's a promise, and then there are these untold numbers of angels praising God. I mean, an incredible event. But who was the first angel who appeared to the shepherds? Now, the Bible doesn't say, but most assume that the angel was Gabriel. See, he is the angel that's central to the entire Christmas story as we find it in the New Testament. Uh, first, he, he appeared to Zechariah, and then he appeared to Mary, and later on he appeared to Joseph. And all of those people had huge roles in the arrival of the Messiah. But I believe that night in the hills of Bethlehem, here comes Gabriel again. But now he literally appears in front of a bunch of nameless folks living in a field, shepherds. And, and these guys were not owners of the sheep. They were low-level, poorly paid employees, and they were working the graveyard shift. I mean, I worked third shift for four years when I was in college. And I'll just tell you, if you've never done that, there is no glory in it. So why do people like that find themselves in the story of the arrival of the king who changes everything? I mean, why did they get invited to, to one of the most significant events since the beginning of all history? Well, they were chosen by God because God simply selected them. It really had nothing to do with what they had accomplished in life, and it clearly wasn't about who they were. But on the other hand, might that have actually been the case? I mean, this same Jesus whom the shepherds are going to run to worship, he will eventually have this banquet hall, with the, and it's going to be filled with the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And Jesus told this about himself in a parable in Luke chapter 14, and it talks about eternity. It talks about heaven. He was describing what the kingdom of heaven would be like, and, and the people who you would normally think that would be at a high-end uh, banquet the guests that would typically be at something like that, they weren't present. So in the parable, he tells his servant, or let's just say he told his angel, to go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in. Now, that's the heart of our God. And these are the people that God wants close to him. And Gabriel now offers good news that will cause great joy for all, all people all people. That's, that's why the shepherds were first. And, and I believe that the, the shepherds represent really all of the nameless people, all the people who are working third shift, all the people who are laboring behind the scenes, all those who never really even see some type of grand accolade in this life. I believe they represent the broken and the imperfect. They represent the common and the ordinary. I would have to say that the shepherds represent you and me. You know, when I think about the named characters in the Christmas story, such as Zechariah and, and Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and John, I mean, 
in, in a very specific sense, each one of these individuals had a relationship to Jesus in the story. And in a sense, they're kind of like models for us. These are the type of people that we try to imitate because they have such redeeming qualities, and that's good. But, but the truth is, we can't actually be them. See, these are people who occupy a, a special privilege, and there's really no room in the story for anyone except them. They're named. They have position. These are people of reputation. But then there are the shepherds. No names, no positions, no reputation, no privilege. And we don't merely need to be like them. We are them. They are us in the story. See, we are in the fields of Bethlehem on that chilly night. And in this place, Gabriel arrives and he interrupts our common, ordinary lives. And and you and I are the ones who are frightened. And and we're experiencing this sudden burst of heavenly majesty and silence is shattered. And and we're the ones whose stomachs are contracting. And we're the ones whose hands fly up in front of our face. It's you and me who are experiencing this intense rush of adrenaline. Because the holiness of God has interrupted our ordinary lives. And we weren't even at church. And the angel tells us, don't be afraid. And in that moment of spiritual grandeur, our our hearts become open. And we become vulnerable. And Gabriel says to us, your Savior has been born. Your King is here. And He's very, very near. Nevermore will you not have the opportunity to come close to him and to experience his deep love for you. You see, the Son of God has become a baby wrapped in inexpensive rags. He's lying in the humblest of cribs, and it's literally an animal feeding trough over in a stable in Bethlehem. The Messiah is born human, just like you are born. And he's going to die human, just like you will. And since this baby is also, though, the, the Son of God, his death will kill sin. In fact, his death will kill death itself. He is the king who changes everything. And as we stand there amazed and perplexed at what the angel is saying us, uh, above us, the, these, these stars, thousands of them, uh, they begin to fill the night sky and they whirl and they swirl and they come spiraling down. And, and the closer they come to us, the brighter those lights grow. And, and we begin to see every star recognizing that, that this is a heavenly host. This is a heavenly choir. And all the stars stars come together and they begin singing loudly, Gloria, glory to God, and we are not afraid. And the angels' voices, they're tremendous and they're enthusiastic and it's like light erupting all around us. And, and can you imagine the earth shakes and it trembles, Gloria, glory to God, they cry, and their song shatters the silence because our God is now Emmanuel. He is God with us. And now, 2,000 years later on this Christmas day, silence remains shattered 
for all time. You see, it was the angels who initially shattered the silence on that day. And then the shepherds right behind them, they shattered the silence. And I do want to read that part in the Scriptures because in Luke chapter 2, verse 17, it says this. It says, when they, the shepherds, had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. And you know what? The silence shattered continues with us. And we carry on the tradition of the shepherds because we've been introduced to the king who changes everything. The heavenly host of angels began it. And that very night, the shepherds then took the baton and they began spreading the good news of great joy, intermingled with their words of praise and worship and glory to God. And still today, instead of angels shattering the silence, today we are the earthly host of redeemed shepherds, joyful and triumphant, praising God and sharing the good news. We are the ones who are chosen to shatter the silence. And we shatter the silence because we, like the shepherds, are chosen, chosen to proclaim the goodness and the glory of God And the song that the angels sang on that very, very first Christmas night as declared to us, the shepherds, still shatters the silence through our own lips. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace on whom his favor rests. But did you catch that? Peace. Who are these people that are going to receive peace? It doesn't just say peace all over the earth. It says peace on specific people. It's the people whom the favor of God rests upon. It's the people who are chosen. It's the people who are redeemed. It's the people who shatter silence, proclaiming his name and worshiping and adoring him. It's the people in whom the Lord takes pleasure. So with whom does the Lord take pleasure? Well, the shepherds, the plain, the nameless, whose names he actually knows very, very well. It's our names. It's your name. It's my name. Today, I I challenge you to continue the tradition of the angels and the shepherds, and may silence be shattered in your home. May silence be shattered in your workplace. May silence be shattered in your church. May silence be shattered in your neighborhood, because one day you will also stand before Jesus himself at the throne of God, and he will look at you, and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and enter into the joy of the Lord for all eternity. And I live to hear those words of Jesus because Jesus changed me. And Jesus is the king who changes everything. So on this Christmas day, is Jesus your king? Do you have his peace? Does his favor rest on you today? Will you shatter silence Will you praise him and will you tell others about him? You're not insignificant. You're not invisible. For God sees you and God knows your name.
And if Jesus is not your king, I want you to make the decision to give your life to him right now. And if it's the case, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Now, as soon as you're finished praying the prayer, there's a number they're putting up on the screen. And I want you to call and leave a message at that number or text that, that number and just say, I prayed this prayer with the pastor. And we'll be back in touch with you. I, I want to be in touch with you to encourage you and to give you some next steps. But first and foremost, will you just pray this prayer with me? Pray these words. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming into this world. Thank you for bringing me life. Will you please forgive me of my sin? Will you wash me and cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness? For today I give my life to you. And today I choose to make your name known and to take up the mantle of the shepherds to bring glory and honor to you. May my voice shatter the silence. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, don't forget to text or to call and leave a message at this number because I really want to connect with you because what Jesus has done in so many people, he's just now done it in you. And if you're already serving the Lord, I want to encourage you to press in and take this message to heart. Don't let your voice be silent. Bring glory and honor to him and tell others about him. What started on that Christmas day continues, and we're the ones who continue with that message today. Well, I want to thank you again for joining us for the City Life Christmas special. It's been our joy and our privilege to prepare this for you and just pray that God blesses you and the remainder of this day on this very special Christmas day. Now, as you depart and as you plan to go through your day, I just want to speak these words over you. God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper while you make Jesus known. I'll see you on January 1st in church right here, 10 a.m. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.